At the table of grace, the cup's never empty. The plate's always full, and it's never too late to come and be filled with love never ending. You're always welcome at the throne of grace. You are welcome to the table of our Lord Jesus Christ, where he dines with you and you with him. The comforter, even the spirit of truth, is your chef, and I am your steward, Joshua Ojo. At our last gathering at the table, we saw our Lord Christ as the King of Kings, with all authority in heaven and in earth. We saw that the kings he rules over are those he redeemed unto God by his blood. We also saw that these kings have been given his authority to rule on the earth, in concert with actions initiated from his throne in heaven. That our activities as kings on the earth are to be initiated from heaven were perfectly exemplified by our Lord Jesus, even as he states in John chapter 5 and verse 19. So Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing on his own. He does only what he sees his Father doing. What the Father does, the Son also does. Our Lord Jesus did nothing of his own self, and twice he declared that he did only what he saw the Father doing. Furthermore, in John chapter 14 and verse 10 he said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you I do not speak of myself. But the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. He did not speak from his own soul. And in John chapter 12 verse 39, he revealed the source of his words. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. He spoke what he was instructed by his Father to speak. Our Lord Jesus initiated neither words nor actions from his own soul, but said and did only what he heard his Father in heaven say and do. Today, we will begin to walk the pathway to the reality of being his kings on the earth. In other words, how do we walk practically in our restored dominion, in our union with the second man? How do our words become productive as it is written in Job chapter 22 and verse 28? Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon your ways. A key to the response to our question 
is revealed in the discussion our Lord Jesus had with a Roman centurion, recorded for us in Luke chapter 7 from verses 1 to 10. We will, however, read only verse 8. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. The key to the centurion's effective authority is that he was a man subject to the higher authority over him. Consequently, he also could command the obedience of all those under him. He derived his effective authority from being subject to higher authority. The import of this is that if we would wield and effectively exercise the authority delegated to us by our king, we must be subject to him in all. What does being subject to the king of kings look like in our everyday life? What are the practical ways in which we are to be subject to our king? We will begin to seek the response to our question by looking at how our king was subject to his king when he walked here on the earth as a man like you and I. Our Lord Jesus made this declaration in Matthew chapter 5 from verses 17 to 19. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. He said he did not come to set aside the Bible, but to fulfill that which is written therein. He acknowledged the scriptures as the infallible word of God. Furthermore, he stated that our relative positions in the kingdom of heaven are determined by our disobedience or obedience to the written word of God. And he added that teaching others to walk in the light of the written word, or, on the contrary, teaching them to walk in the darkness of this world, is also directly related to our standing in the kingdom of heaven. Going further in the way our king acknowledged the written word of God as inviolate, we have recorded his healing of a leper in Matthew chapter 8 from verses 1 to 4. We will read the concluding verse 4. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, 
and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. He instructed the healed man to go to the priest and fulfill all that is required of one cured of leprosy in compliance with that which is written. He taught others to obey that which is written. We again see his acknowledgement and submission to men who had spiritual authority in his interaction with John the Baptist. We would read the account of this engagement with his forerunner, written for us in Matthew chapter 3 from verses 13 to 15. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. God's man of the hour at the onset of our Lord Jesus' public appearance was John the Baptist. He was a man prophesied in the scriptures who would prepare the hearts of the Jews for their long-awaited king. Regardless of the truth that he was the king of Israel, our Lord Jesus submitted to him by being baptized of him. Here is the summary of what is being said thus far. Our Lord Jesus submitted to his God in his acknowledgement that the scriptures are the inviolate word of God. And he therefore submitted to the men validated by the scriptures, who were the custodians of the spiritual authority of his day. Going further in looking at how our king was himself subject to higher authority, it is written thus concerning him in Luke chapter 2 verse 51. And he went with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. This verse summarizes our Lord Jesus' day-to-day life till he was about 30 years of age. He was not only subject to those who had spiritual authority, but he was also subject to his God under his spirit. The consequence of our king being subject to his king under his parents is revealed in Luke chapter 2 verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He grew in wisdom and he grew physically and both God and man were pleased with him. His apostle Paul wrote about his learning curve of obedience in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience under his parents by the things which he suffered. And if he would, he was prepared for his ultimate obedience unto death 
by his being subject to his parents. Thus far, we have seen that our Lord Jesus was subject to his God by being who had spiritual authority and also by being subject to his parents until he was about 30 years of age. There is yet one platform under which he was subject. In Mark chapter 12 from verses 13 to 17, our Lord Jesus was being baited by some Pharisees and Herodians in a discussion which was concluded in verse 17. And answering, Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. The Pharisees and Herodians had attempted to trap him in tax-related matters. And he evaded their snare by saying, To give unto government that which is their due. Simply put, our Lord Jesus was subject to the civil authority of his day. Here is the summary of all that has been said. There are three organs through which God rules on the earth. These three, in order of priority, are 1. The spiritual, 2. The family, and 3. The civil. Our Lord Jesus was subject to God under men who were the custodians of God's authority in these three branches of the kingdom of God on the earth. Being subject to higher authority, he could effectively exercise the authority of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. We will conclude our meal with a question by our Lord Jesus to you and I, written in Luke chapter 6 verse 46. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Amen.